Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I started, I joined LinkedIn back in 2005. And it was back then in the early days that I really started to realize how powerful it could be. I started my business in 2009. And it's been over 10 years of working with executives from all over the world and really helping them, you know, understand their story and, and the power of LinkedIn, you know, for their careers and for their companies. Oh, that's awesome. Because I know a lot of executives that I get to work with as well, they or leaders or people in particular, they sort of freak out when they start thinking about their LinkedIn profile and, and so forth. Here's a question for you. Do leaders today, whether they're a business owner, an entrepreneur of a large corporate, whatever they are doing, do they, do they need to be digital savvy and do they need to be active in the digital world today? I, I think absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people, people want to know more about who they're meeting with, who they're working with, who they're going to be hearing from, who they're going to be reporting to. And they're going to enter your name into a search engine. They're going to enter it into LinkedIn. They want to learn more. They want to know who you are. And, and, and that's true right across the board. But the beauty of this is you do have the control to shape how others perceive you. Mm. And that's the content that is on your LinkedIn profile. And you're the one that writes it. You're the one that cre- crafts it, creates it, okays it, approves it. And that's what people find. And they, they're hungry. They're hungry to know more. And you mm. have that ability to, to, to tell them what to think. Yeah. Yeah. And so the way I look at it is it's more like our shop front, if we can put it that way. If we think about bricks and mortar and so forth, as you said, people go into search engines, they put your name in. That tends to be one of the first things that come up is your LinkedIn profile, right? So yeah. it's, it's got to look good. It's got to be good and so forth. When, when somebody is, and when I talk about the active side of the digital world, I mean, people say to me, yeah, but I can go in and like this and like that. Is, is liking somebody else's post good enough or do we have to be, do we have to do more? Oh, absolutely more. I mean, here's, here's the thing, right? With LinkedIn, there's two ways of looking at it. There's the one way, which is as a very passive type of platform. You post that profile, you keep it up to date, you check in on it every now and then. And when people find you, they read about you, they know who you are. That's a passive way of going about it. And it, it can be pretty successful, <laughs> oddly yeah. enough. It's not, I don't believe that that's the best way because it, it, people want to know that you're also active, that you're engaged, that you're a part of the community, that you're an influencer, that you're a thought leader, that you have something to say. You know, if you're going to be leading, you know, a company, if you're going to be leading a team, 
it's not enough just to be a leader, but you know, what, what is it that you're bringing to the table? You know, how do you look at the, these situations philosophically? What are your, what, what, what are your beliefs? Why are you doing that? And, and that is what should feed into your profile, but it should also feed into that activity. And so it's not enough just to hit like every now and then. You want to, and I always say this, you don't want to have to, you don't have to necessarily start out creating content, but you can at least start engaging with the content that's there and leave some comments, converse with that person. And then once you get really used to, you know, the way LinkedIn works and how that feed is, once you feel a little bit more comfortable, that's when, you know, you want to post, you want to post. Yeah, cool. So in other words, grow with it, listeners. Grow with the uh, the LinkedIn profile, the LinkedIn tool, and grow with it in the sense that Donna's sharing here that, you know, you could do some some likes and some comments. Donna, one thing I would think is, is you know, you may not actually have content, so you actually haven't created something. Is, is it okay to take somebody else's content, somebody else's post, an article and things like that, and not just share it, but then put some words around it to add value to your audience? I, I call that curation, you know, mm. curating that content and then adding your own context, your own feeling, your own thoughts to it. And that's that's a fabulous way of getting started. And keep in mind that with LinkedIn, you, you don't have to be writing articles. You know, right. you don't you know, you can you can indulge in just a simple post, you know, a paragraph at most. It could be something as simple as a quote. It could be a quote and why you like that quote. It could be what's going on in your business. It could be celebrating a, an anniversary of someone on your team or within your staff, or it could be, you know, talking about a project that's taking place. It, it doesn't have to be always the same, you know, here's a link to a great article over and over and over again. Yeah. But, you know, you can use it as a bit of your, your, you know, as a soapbox to say, hey, this is what's going on in my life and my company's world. Yeah. And I think that's where people get to learn about you as, as an individual, as a leader of the community. As, and then they understand, as you said before, about your beliefs, your values, what you stand for and things like that. And I think it's, it's a great way to do it. And the other thing would be you're adding issue value to, to them, to your connections, which, are, which is pretty cool. And there's, there's been things that I've actually posted or others have posted and I've gone, wow, that is really cool. I'm glad they shared that with me. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have known about it. And so I've got to learn and we all need to learn. And what a great way to do it. I think, I think it's fantastic. You know, I think a lot of times people get caught up in, oh, is this a platform where I need to be selling and boasting about who I am and what we do yeah. and why you need to, you know. And the truth is, you know, take a step back, you know, take, in, take that deep breath and, and, and recognize that LinkedIn is a platform to educate, to add value, you know, to, to, to help others, to give advice, to, to inspire. That's what you should be aiming for. It's not to sell. It's not to plug. It's not to hitch. It's it's really a place to go in a in a very easy type of way and 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 provide and help. Yeah, great. There's a question I keep keep getting asked all the time about, in particular around LinkedIn, because there's many other social media platforms out there. If I'm thinking of things like Facebook and that, do, do I need to really be on there all the time? Is it really like a Facebook thing? I think it's different, and I think it's because it's a professional network. It's more about business and other things around that that space. Am I right in my thinking and thinking of it that way? Is that would that be right? You know, I I think with LinkedIn, it's it's really changed over the last few years. 
Mm. At one time, we thought of LinkedIn, it was a place you had to visit on your computer, your laptop, your desktop. It's, it's really transitioned to being, it's, it's untethered now. I mean, you, you can access it on your, on your phone. That app is, the LinkedIn app is terrific. Mm. And it's a place to, to visit, to scroll through the feed, to see what's going on in your network, to see what's going on in your industry. Do you need to be creating content every day? No. Mm. I would, I would now, this is what I believe with LinkedIn and what LinkedIn, the LinkedIn algorithm shows is LinkedIn rewards quality over quantity. Right. And when you look at your LinkedIn feed, you may even notice it. If you look, it's, it, it doesn't show the most current posts, shows the top posts. And a lot of times when you land on that, that feed at the top, it's, the first thing that you see may have been posted a week ago. Right. Right. Which is crazy. That's different from Twitter. It's different from Facebook. It's different from Instagram. Yeah. So these posts tend to linger longer. <laughs> linger longer. Okay. And yeah. but what LinkedIn wants is they want good quality posts that are relevant to their audience. Mm. And they want to show the people that you know talking about the things that you care about. You know, around leadership, I would tell you, I've, I've, I have had the, the privilege of being led and mentored by some great leaders, mostly unknowns. And then, you know, I was raised for, for several years by my mother and grandmother, mm -hmm. you know, and so I came up from, you know, we, we were very poor and it humbled you. And, you know, I say some people, I, I say it was, you know, I had a choice. I was in quicksand and I had to leave myself out of it. Right. And I, you know, I have, obviously I had some help. So people have and still come from tougher times, but it was tough as a youngster. And, and I think that it, it really taught me the value of many things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so, so it's amazing how a lot of our backgrounds and our lives and that, especially when we start younger as kids and that sort of start to shape us for the future and those kind of experiences would have helped you. How did you get into leadership? What, what, what was the thing that sort of drove you into leadership? Gosh, that's funny. I, when I get asked that question, I always say the same thing. I, I felt like I came out of the womb and was forced to be a leader. Yeah, forced to be a leader. <laughs> you know, you know, because, yeah, because you know, you, you, I'm one, one of six, and everybody was was working to make a living to to bring us up, mm. and so I was on my own a lot. You know, so I had to figure things out real early. Mm -hmm. So I, but you know, true leadership. You know, once. You know, kind of started for me in high school, probably. I got involved. I was a class president, you know, wasn't really political, you know, but the class president. So I had to lead my class for four years and, you know, do all of those things. And so I, you know, and, and it, and it was not natural for me. I debate that with people all the time because some people say there's such thing as a natural born leader. I don't believe that, but I think you can be born into it, right? Just like you can get promoted into a leadership position. But, you know, and then obviously in the corporate world, I got selected into a, what they called a, a, a leadership, advanced leadership program because the banking world, the company I went to work with then really felt like they needed to develop more leaders and they needed to do it quickly. Mm. So it was a very accelerated leadership program. Okay. And it was interesting because when I talk about my book, Boss or Leader, I tell stories from those days because they made me circulate around the country and around different and work with different leaders over a two-year period. And so I really, really was able to separate a boss from a leader. Mm. 
So were those days like you were a young graduate that came into the organization and they were wanting you to go around in a rotation throughout the organization to experience right. different leadership, to experience different parts of the business and so forth. And when, when you saw the difference between a boss and a leader, what was probably one of the biggest things that sort of stood out for you, the difference between a boss and a leader? Values. Mm. Values, which is why I spend so much time on values-based leadership and, le- and values-based leadership coaching. Because I found that to be the biggest difference. What do they value? And, it, and that answer doesn't always have to be just people, right? It's because, you know, I feel like I, I got to see someone, I got to see one person who pretty much just valued money, <laughs> right? And he was a total boss, total right. boss. And the, only, and the only reason why people wanted to work for him was because if you worked for him, you made a lot of money too. Right. But behind the scenes, obviously, I don't think people were using the term value, but they were saying a lot of things behind, behind the scenes about him, you know, so they didn't respect and like the man. Okay. So they got things across the line and helped the organization and help him make money, but in turn, they made money as well. So it probably goes along to a bit along the lines of Zig Ziglar, right? If you help enough people get what they want, you can get what you want. Right. However, what I'm saying is probably his approach, the way he did things, Probably wasn't that that good in the sense of respect or helping people move forward. Yeah, he was he was tough. He was tough, and he wasn't a relationship guy. Right, right. So it was all about work. It was all about money. Mm. You know, and and it wasn't even the awards for him. It was the money. So I saw that pretty quickly, and then I, as I continue the story, then I worked for a, a gentleman who handpicked me to come work with him at the organization. I don't know why, even to this day, and he's passed now. That mentored me like crazy on leadership. And, you know, he never used the word leadership that I can remember, right? Mm. But he just really poured into me and his style was kind of really neat and simple and, but yet direct. Mm. And you felt even when he was correcting you or even when I might've made a mistake and he needed to talk to me and have that talk with me, I still felt that he kind of really cared about Mm. And, and it made a huge difference. And people really respected him. I'd never heard, and as a large organization, I never heard anyone say a bad word about him. And his values were strong. His values were strong. And, and, I, and you know, it was a big, it was a, it was a big, I, I was so blessed to work for that man. Mm. Mm. Really. Yeah, it um, sounds, sounds wonderful, man. And, and the sense that he took you under his wing and he developed you. And, and it's really interesting how a lot of people don't make a big song and dance about the fact that it's leadership and I'm going to develop you, but it's, it was a way of becoming and, and going that way. Is that, is that how would you call it? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah. And, you know, the interesting part there was that when he passed, I ended up getting promoted into his position. So it was almost a oh. legacy piece. It was almost a legacy piece too, right? Like, mm. you know, so it was, it was, it was one of those things I was, he plucked me out of the boss world and brought me into the leadership world. I still love to tell that story. It's amazing how a person can make a difference to us as individuals. And when I work with leaders as well, Dave, I I asked that question, you know, so if that's how he treated you, what would people say about you? What would people say about you as a leader, as as their leader? What would they say behind closed doors or behind, you know, in the company as well? And it's it's really interesting because we always talk about other leaders and what leaders have done to us and how they've worked with us. But we always should ask the question about, how others perceive us, because I think that's 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 quite an important thing for us to look at. Yeah, which is um, you know another reason why I'm so I'll use this word values you know so much is and I and with my coaching clients especially mm. is that people don't have to agree with what you value, completely agree with it to follow you, mm-hmm. 
but they really need to agree you're a person of value. Like, right. like you have you have some set values, right? You have some set values. And you know, I you know, I I try to live them out as best as I can. And you know, even if you anybody follow you follow me on social media, you know right away what I value. You could you could go on my social media pages and probably within 10 to 15 minutes go, here's his top five values. Mm. And I don't spell them out. Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to understand where you stand in your values as a leader. I don't know. And this is going to sound ironic as well, because we're all wearing masks at the moment because of pandemic. But I think a lot of people hide behind the title, hide behind a mask. And, and in particular, Dave, some countries, especially out probably Asia and so forth, they tend to want to save face and they're very much that subservient kind of environment. So they're very careful in what they say, how they say it and so forth. And I think that's really interesting to see how different environments are for different leaders and, and different organizations oh. for sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, the two of us are blessed. We travel the world with and, and, and work with other leaders. So we get to see all the different cultural differences. And mm. it's really, from, I, I've learned so much from that. From all, I've learned so much from other leaders. I, I, I just totally buy into, you know, to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 